The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Interesting to note, excuse me, markets rebounded sharply today after the Iran missile strike didn't kill many. In fact, it didn't kill any. We're moments away from the President of the United States going live with some commentary on the state of the United States and Iran. Markets may respond to it. Maybe you should watch the airline stocks, heavily influenced by the price of oil. Price of oil you'd be watching. The 10-year Treasury, you'd be watching to see if it moves from 1.9 down to 1.8, 1.7. That tells you that you know we're expecting a, a big buildup and a big war. If the 10-year treasury goes from like 185 to 19192 and saying, hey, things aren't that bad. Defense stocks obviously in play all day and in the short term. If you're a trader, this is a, a golden time because inefficiencies are created out of headline risk. Now, that's a short-term trader. Short-term swings on the Iranian war. I don't even want to call it a war yet, Right. But it's out there. Uh, We just finished our China trade war phase one. Now we've got to get to China trade war phase two. This never ends. But, you know, something we can look at for 2020 is just the overall what's going to be driving it. We know it's going to be politics. We know it's going to be the economy. And we know the stock market is going to be driven by the trade. So Goldman Sachs is saying, let's talk about politics. We're in January, roughly, right? Some of you may still be stuck in December. Some of you may be moving up to February. I don't know. But we're essentially 10 months from the election. That's pretty dramatic. When you think about how fast a year goes, didn't last year fly by. So they're closely watching the political markets, Wall Street is. What will happen? Do we want a divided government in the past? Hmm. I haven't said this recently, but for a long period in the 90s and 2000s, I I did say a divided government's good for Wall Street. You don't really want the Republicans in power so they get all their ideas through. You don't really want the Democrats in power so they get all their ideas through. If you have a a healthy balance of the two, they sometimes compromise. And instead of asking for the moon, they ask halfway to the moon, which is a lot cheaper maybe not as efficient or as pleasing to the members of that voting party, but you get the idea. Kind of a checks on balances, right? So we're 10 months away from it. Um, And so far, predictit.org is saying we're going to have a divided government. Democrats are going to maintain control of the House but fail to regain control of the Senate. Prediction markets have been pretty evenly, you know, dividedly split in the probability over which party will win the presidency. But we, these predatory, predatory now, predictatory. Oh, what's the word? Their ability to predict the House and the Senate is a little bit more firmed up than to predict the president. Um, what do we look for in 2020? Divided government's going to limit the prospect of legislation. That's the idea. Um, expect the election will resolve policy uncertainty. It'll lift the S&P 500 by about 5% to 3,400 by the end of the year. So Goldman Sachs is saying, due to politics, 
and, and other factors. They only expect the market to go up 5% this year. That's embedded in there. They see the higher corporate tax rate regime. If that happens, um, they would have to change their numbers. A shift in focus to politics would mark a major change in, in uh, things that can get us going. So they're, they're throwing a lot down on, we don't know about the presidency, who's going to be in and who's going to be out. So we don't really have a lot of commentary on U.S.-China and U.S.-Iran at this point in time. So a lot of people thinking 2020 is going to be a political year. Now, again, in political years, the Federal Reserve tends not to raise interest rates or cut interest rates. So there's some stability there. In theory, if the Federal Reserve were to cut interest rates two or three times before the election, then the economy would really heat up. And everyone would say, hey, I got a job. I'm not going to go vote today. I'm good. I'm good. But the Federal Reserve is not going to do that. So unless something really mandates it as far as uh, global growth decelerating, but that's not expected. Um, Elon Musk is in the news. Their stock's doing great. I still don't like the stock. I didn't like it when it was hot. I didn't like it when it was cold. I don't like it when it's hot again. But I have to talk about the company. Elon Musk has a lot to dance about right now. Uh, they posted a surprise third quarter profit. They said the Model Y will launch months ahead of schedule. Their stock hit $470 yesterday. That's $84 billion market cap. $84 billion is worth more than Ford and GM combined. Now let's stop and think about that for Uno Momentero. On paper, yesterday, he made about $346 million. Musk has $29.3 billion overall tied up in Tesla stock. So he was in Shanghai yesterday outside the Tesla's new factory there. They've delivered some cars, and all seems to be going well. Now, Musk's pay package is interesting, because now we're starting to look at that. How much is he paid to be a CEO of a company that's worth more than Ford and GM combined? And a car company that hasn't sold that many cars. So <clears throat> he gets no salary bonuses. He brought in, he got the stock through milestones to hit all-time highs. He gets a big old tranche of shares, 1.69 million options. It's going to net him about $346 million if he exercised and sold them immediately. Now, he hasn't sold a single share of Tesla for years, apart from unloading $593 million of stock back in 2016 to pay income taxes on becoming a three and a half billion, worth $3.5 billion. So he's in line to make $346 million this year because he got the stock to milestones brought in over 20 billion in aggregate revenue over four quarters booked more than 1.5 billion adjusted earnings before interest tax depreciation amortization he could hit higher milestones and get even more compensation it's an interesting question do you think CEO should be well rewarded or not if Tim Cook has increased the value of Apple by $700 billion since Steve Jobs died, under his tenure, it's up $700 billion. $800 billion. Does he deserve $100 million in package? 
150 million, 200 million. Do you have a problem if he's increased the value of the company 600, 700 billion? He's done well by the shareholders. Should the shareholders reward him like exponentially so? More so than a regular CEO? I have no problem with that. A lot of people have dilemmas and they have um, issues that they can't get over when it comes to investing. They're like, how can somebody make that much money? It's how much do you create for others in this case? And do you have a, a problem with that? And if you do, then Wall Street probably isn't for you, especially when you start talking about compensation of CEOs. That'll tear up a good Christmas family get-together. That guy shouldn't make that much money. Of course he should. He made other people more money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up. Learn more at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Be happier. Oh, anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money invested in more. Stock markets. Um, Iran's response to the United States attack on a general left him dead. Um, US, US, Iran's response feels to be a little light. Intelligence officials are saying, like, why they sent some missiles and tried to hit some U.S. bases or places where U.S. troops were being stationed, homed, housed, and none of them hit. So Wall Street goes, well, that's interesting. All is well. The geopolitical matter, no casualties from the missile attacks. Makes us feel okay. No oil infrastructure was harmed. Iran and Iraq in past wars ravaged each other's uh, oil infrastructure. Because literally it's like, oh, it's just right over that hill. Not that far to take it out. So that's a striking turnaround, in my opinion. There's a sense of release. Uh, Release, relief, I think is the word I was probably looking for. Then we get the ADP employment change report, private jobs, non-government jobs. The ADP employment change showed an estimated 202,000 positions were added ahead of expectations for about 155,000. So we added more jobs. So funny. I remember going um, right after high school. When was it? I went to a job bureau. I remember getting my first, like, learning how to fill out W-2s and such. Ah, things have changed. Boeing's expected to apply. Um, did I hit? Yes, I hit the numbers on the employment change. Positive. More people working. Positive. Corporations tend not to hire people unless they have a job expected for them. Boeing's expected to apply some early, 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 early pressures to the markets. But for how long? A Boeing 737-800 plane crashed shortly after takeoff near Tehran, Iran. So Boeing's down about 1.4%. Macy's is in the news. And Lennar is in the news. Macy's showed better than feared comparable same-store sales. 
the old SSS, same source else. But uh, so again, Macy's had a better than feared sales number for November, December. Obviously, super important with the holidays. I can't own Macy's. I'm sorry. I can see like people like Jim Cramer get on TV and go, "Now's the time to own it," and try to get two or three points out of it and like be thrilled. It's just, it's not me. I hope there's some stocks like that that are that you could say are not you. Part of defining who you are is defining who you're not. I used to joke like, oh, I would never date an 18-year-old, not a 21-year-old. you got to define who you are sometimes mathematically and draw a line in the sand. Are you positive or are you negative? Are you, do you want to own something like a Macy's that you don't really have a lot of faith in the future? Or do you want to own... See, one of the reasons I own stocks that have faith in the future is if things go wrong... And you have to look over at that person. I'd rather be a, a company that I feel comfortable with than a company I don't feel comfortable with. So I just don't feel comfortable with Macy's. And again, am I discriminating against kind of like online retail? Sure. No, am I discriminating for online retail? Yeah. And I have nothing against Macy's. Lord knows I bought plenty of ugly clothes there. Don't Right. Beyond Meat's in the news today. Uh, Impossible Meat's said, we're not even going to compete. Beyond Meat, if if McDonald's wants you, it's all yours. So McDonald's is starting to bring its plant-based burger from Beyond Meat into more locations. It's called the so-called PLT. Because it's a Beyond Meat patty. Plant patty. Plant lettuce and tomato. Oh, that's so cute. A PLT. So it's going to be rolled out to another 52 restaurants. Now, again, uh, Del Taco, KFC, Burger King, a lot of people are testing it and toying with the alternatives. And last year was the story. Last year was the sizzle. This year is the story. Or maybe last year was the story. This year is the sizzle. When Beyond Meat makes a long-term relationship with McDonald's, I think that stock goes higher. I own no shares of Beyond Meat, and yet I can sit there and almost kick myself in the hiney. Because a lot of the speculation, a lot of the froth happened last year when it went from $25 straight to 200 And when it comes back down to 75 yeah, there's a lot of people who own it who are going to be selling it in the future. Um, it's one of those, I feel, where there's smoke, there's fire moments. Anyhow, keep an eye out for when Beyond Meat does make that relationship with McDonald's. Because I think it's going to happen. 800-516-1220 calls on the air. Um, one area that I would not be an investor in, and believe it or not, you could invest in movie theater stocks. They're out there. And if you see like a big year coming up, say a lot more people are going to be at movie theaters. and Somehow, seats are now running up to 20 bucks if you get the 40X things, and you're like, that wasn't even all that 40X, and so it wasn't that good, right? Um, but movie theater stocks are facing a very, very rough outlook for 2020, because 2019 was so good. 2019, we had to see The Lion King. We had to see Avengers Endgame. We had to see Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2, and oh, Star Wars, the finale. Which I no longer care. 
I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to say it was good. I don't want to say it was bad. I just, I just no longer care. It's dead to me. I waited 40 years for it to, to wrap up. It's done. I'm fine. Let's not talk about it. So, 2020, if you're going to invest in movie theaters, look at the product. No Time to Die, James Bond franchise. Maybe it's his last one. Maybe it's not his last one. Um, Roger Craig. I'm not a big James Bond. I'm, I'm okay, James. I know people get this. There's, a, there's a, a fan club called The Commander, which is tied towards the James Bond movies and books. There's a fan club called The Commander tied towards James Bond. People have too much time on their hands. Uh, 2020 also has Mulan, Black Widow, and Wonder Woman 1984. Certainly some other movies, but is that going to get us off our couch and into the theater? I think not. Um, I think you're going to see a tough compare year. I would stay away from the theater stocks based on product. Ain't that something? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Call the show 800-516-1220. Check out the commercials. There's a big seminar coming up in February. I would love to see you there. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Little 21 pilots who... If you check into your playlist, Spotify or Apple Music, they've had a lot of hits. And yet, I don't think they're a a well-known name. Maybe they are. 21 Pilots, Jumpsuit. I know you're saying, I crumble underneath the weight, pressures of new place, roll my way. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit, cover me. Jumpsuit, jumpsuit, cover me, cover me. Oh, boy. You could tell something was legalized in the state of California not too long ago. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Don't be shy with calling the show. That's what makes the show good. Um, I see some good news, bad news sometimes. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's not bad. Sometimes it's just sideways. For instance, Apple's App Store had gross sales of about $50 billion last year. It's a big number. I know in this day and age, we get shocked every year, more and more and more, by horror films. So every year, an R rating means something totally different. An R rating used to mean, oh, you shot someone with an arrow in the head and they showed it. Now you can show, like, uh, root canals and things like that. Um, grizzly stuff. Grizzly, grizzly, grizzly stuff, because we've become desensitized. But anyway, yeah, so Apple made $50 billion in the App Store. Now, a lot of that stuff isn't exactly rocket science. It's just they, they have that ability. If you know anyone who does retail, say, hey, would you like to do $50 billion in sales? They'd be like, yeah. $50 billion in sales would make you a Fortune 500 company for sure. You would be number 64 on the list, to be precise. Now, here's the problem. That, that big number is starting to go slow. So Apple announced it's paid $155 billion to developers since 2008. People who develop games and get, I guess, advertising or maybe just purchases. I don't know. So that means if they've paid about $155 billion, it's up from $120 billion in 2019. 
January 2019. So you're starting to do it this all figured out. It's about 50 billion. If you assume that the developers take 70% of app sales. So Apple doesn't disclose the total amount of revenue and the services. So the Apple services, which is increasingly seen by investors, is like the only way the Apple company can move forward. Um, It's all about Apple Music, Apple TV, iPhone warranties, licensing revenue. You know, like, for instance, Google pays Apple to make its search engine the default on the iPhone. And that business generated about $46 billion last year, you know, the whole services business. So you can kind of see Apple has to come up with another product. And, oh, we're going to see first augmented reality glasses. Oh, it's coming. Will it be a hit or not? So Google kind of messed up their spectacles. Um, as did Snapchat. So we'll see if Apple's able to learn from the mistakes of others. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 2020, no, 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 no. CFP Chad Burton and myself do a lot of seminars tied towards income and retirement or wealth preservation or retirement strategies. And one of the secrets is you hear commercials, you know, touting amazing returns on dividends. The higher the dividend yield, the higher the risk. So there's some truth to that statement from experience, but there's also some obvious, you know, you understand. A bank will lend you money at 1% if you're Apple. A bank will lend you money at 7 or 8% if you're got this new idea to replace lemonade and hula hoops all at the same time. Like They're going to be like, well, we got to cover our risk on crazy person, and we'll do that with blending out a lot of apples in there, per se. So if I'm looking for a nice dividend yield right now, I'll take 4.5%. Pipeline operators tend to, you can find like a Kinder Morgan yield in about 4.7%. So your $100 gets you $4.70 roughly a year plus a little bit more and little little dividends make more little dividends here and there with interest and things like that in your account. That's that's not bad. Now a pipeline is exactly what it sounds like. It's a big pipe that's going through a town. It's like let's say we're in skinny bit bop. Uh, Kansas. Oh, did you hear the big oil company is going to put a big pipe right through town? Yeah, Bob, it did. It's going to bring a lot of jobs in here. A pipeline is a pipeline. It's 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 let's flow oil through it, natural gas through it. Uh, you flow things through it, like not like blood. So it's like a toll booth. So they know their cost of business. It's not like they have to go out and get pipe 2.0. Yeah, there's some safety upgrades and things like that every couple of years, infrastructure products, but. Uh, those projects are few and far behind between. So Kinder Morgan is a pipeline company. So is Energy Transfer and Energy Product Produce Partners. I like Kinder Morgan, KMI. I have no problem with it. There's also companies like Williams Company, Magellan Midstream Partners. You need to consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. There's some lovely overseas dividend companies like BP. You know, BP did that oil spill down in Texas in the Gulf, right? And dolphins died, and it was horrible and environmentally heinous. 
because they're such an evil company that killed dolphins and spilled oil, they pay about a 6% dividend. I was listening to the CEO of Chevron yesterday, and he's like, yeah, we've got, you know, 38 years or something crazy string in a row of up in our dividend. And we plan to do it in the future. Even if oil goes lower, we plan to do it in the future. Like oil companies just up their dividends and they buy back shares. But like a China mobile, I'm okay owning uh, a Chinese uh, telecom company. Yields about 4%. Or you don't want to say, I don't trust the Chinese, then maybe you go and trust the English. Oh, we're bloody good. They treat their queens and princesses poorly, don't they? I'm with you, Megan. I'm with you. Team Megan. I don't even know what that means, but it means something. Just run with it and just forget I said it. But like a Vodafone, if you want to own like an English telecom company, you can get 5%. You can get good income, and you don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to collateralize debt or anything like that. Oh, that's a nasty one. But Canada. Let's do a Oh Canada. Oh Canada. Yes, I don't know the words. Um, BCE. That's their big mobile telecom company. BCE. Yields about 5%. Chevron about 4%, ExxonMobil about 5% if you don't want to go international. Carnival Cruise Lines, which, man, every time I turn around right now, it looks like one of their boats are crashing. Right? Does that make you a little nervous that every couple years you get stories about massive flu outbreaks? Um, I, every story I've heard about cruises from people under 50 are nightmare type of cruises. Like, Everyone got sloppy drunk, and people were fighting and vomiting on each other. It was just, it was awful. And then people over 50 like, it was lovely. It's almost like they're like on two different boats. Is that fair? Um, UPS yields about 3.3%. If you don't mind the risk to the equity, Kraft Heinz yields almost 5%. Uh, now, it cut its dividend last year enormously, and it had all sorts of brand problems. But 5% the risk that you're going to get is in the equity. It's not in the dividend. It's in the equity of the business. It's in you own $100. That may go down. Millennials, they don't like buying products. They like everything to be fresh. Fresh. Is that fresh ketchup or is it in a plastic bottle? Fresh. Yeah, it's called a tomato. <laughs> Add some sugar and you got said ketchup, right? Oh, it's not exactly a mystery uh, uh, product list, right? Oh, if you want other income ideas, how about REITs, real estate investment trusts? JP Morgan's REIT analyst said that about 8 to 9% total return for REIT stocks in 2020. So not only are you going to get equity growth in his mind, but you're also going to get dividends, income. He likes Prologis. Um, they're basically, Prologis is a big, big warehouse company. They're starting to talk about setting up ghost kitchens. The guy who founded Uber, one of his products now that he's been kicked out of Uber, is he's looking at ghost kitchens. So McDonald's may have, may get some warehouse space and just make chicken nuggets and BLTs and PLTs and french fries and deliver them from there instead of their actual stores. 
or other companies could set up, you know, industrial, or maybe even Google could come up with its own Google Delivers by buying a warehouse and, and making the food and then deliver it. Yeah, so there's that's happening. So if you own a warehouse, you've done very well, and you can own warehouses. Prologis is the largest in the world, PLD. Simon Property Group. Um, here you have a problem, in my opinion, because it's a mall REIT, SPG. But you want some apartment REITs because people are moving, squeezing into apartments more and more. Avalon Bay Communities, AVB. Vornado Realty Trust, VNO. SL Green Realty, SLG. Those all yield about 4%. Not too shabby. Not too risky. Publicly traded so their, their records are monitored. I like it. You can learn more about income in 2020 and beyond by coming to the seminar coming up. You can learn about it by listening to the commercial. Go to Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Little AJR. Probably my favorite pop band of 2019. How's that go again? Something about Three Brothers works for me in a band. Kind of cool. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. As we talk about 2020, we're also going to be talking clearly about politics. Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com said it very wisely yesterday. 2020 looks like it's going to be all about pet politics economy and trade as he so eloquently said yesterday on this show the trade issue with china is not over it'll come back up so now the person who's probably making the most recent splash and i guess you're saying i guess that's a fair thing to you know to flesh out in our heads real quick politicians making splashes elizabeth warren talking about free college bernie sanders talking about free medical care Michael Bloomberg talking about their splashes, right? So Michael Bloomberg, I, I, I'm not making up a case for anyone at this point in time. I liked him as a mayor. You know, when you look at someone's actual track record, he's the one that I could kind of say, yeah, I, I was in New York a lot during his his reign, so to speak. Never been to Indiana. So Pete Buttigieg, I, I know nothing about your, you know, your mayoral skills, um, you know, the actual stuff. But anyway, uh, Michael Bloomberg, he's starting to roll out some policies. He's trying to get proposals to raise the minimum wage, ensure gig workers have collective bargaining rights, to give more startups and small businesses tax breaks. So he gets that small businesses are kind of like the blood of the U.S. economy, whereas the big businesses, they help. But the small businesses rock it, so to speak. So the minimum wage issues, there's been a lot of studies out of Seattle recently. Seattle, one of the very first cities to push that higher minimum wage. What we've learned so far, and again, I'm just summing up, having not read out the whole thing, the report. Essentially, they're saying $15 minimum wage hurt younger, inexperienced workers, helped older, experienced workers. And it just makes you scratch your head and go, huh, why is that? And then you're like, well, people didn't want to hire the young people when they can have the older people who are already experienced and less 
hassle maybe, but higher healthcare benefits. Like it's it's a dilemma. So we're starting to see some of the ramifications of um, forcing small businesses to pay the fifteen dollar minimum wage. So just Google Seattle minimum wage, and you'll find all the news about it if you care to delve deep into that kind of information. Trump is addressing the nation after the Iranian strikes. Um, U.S. bases. This could be a market changer. When it's happening live, the market could say, let's push defense stocks higher. Did I say defense stocks higher? Defense stocks higher. The market could say, oil stocks. If the tone comes out, they'd like... You strike us, we strike you. What was the Sean Connery line? I can't even say it. I just realized I can't even say it. It was in the movie The Untouchables. There's a racist tinge in it. He's clearly Irish, and he clearly has the Irish's back, so... Uh, he, he disparages a, a racial group. I can't even say the quote, and it's, it's so sad because it's really not that offensive if you take it in context of the time or... People hated each other for the color of their skin. But uh, he said, just like a blah, 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 to bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, it's if if Trump takes that kind of angle of like, yeah, you shot missiles at our people and um, did no damage. So we're going to nuke you. I saw some reports released yesterday that world nuclear agencies are afraid that that Trump could use a nuke. That's escalating things a bit much, don't you think? Oh, you miss our bases and no one gets hurt and we nuke Tehran? Ah! Now, again, you got to know that people are, have their own self-interest in releasing reports like that, right? So Iran launched more than a dozen ballistic missiles at U.S. military and coalition forces in Iraq. So Trump's going to be talking right now. And as he talks, how much confidence do we have in him, especially tied towards the Middle East and his policies? Um, you know that as this news breaks, it's going to be breaking news. It's going to be all over ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN. The markets, when it was announced he was going to speak, they were moving up. They started to move lower. As if, how crazy is he? How crazy is his response going to be? So, just I don't want to go too much further into it. I don't think there's that much more to that story, but um. It's going to be interesting. Because the markets, I don't know if you realized, the markets tanked last night. The futures on the Dow Jones Industrial Average were down 400. But when the, it was learned the damage was less than, less than noteworthy, no one died. We're like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll just have an up day. We were, we were set for a rough one. So Senator Lindsey Graham is saying he does not believe retaliation is necessary at this time. So, a lot going on. A lot going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. NBC News has reported that they expect President Trump to take an off-ramp toward de-escalation. So, a couple people already out there ahead of his speech. But again, let's tune in and see what the market does. It's a good lesson for you. It's like whenever the Federal Reserve releases their decision on interest rates, when they have an FOMC meeting. 
right around 11, 15, 11 o'clock is when you see the, the information, 11, 15, sometimes it drops the, the release on it. You see the markets in like 10 minutes before just totally change. And then 10 minutes after, go totally different direction. Uh, markets in real-time news. It doesn't mean that much to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. You can learn about it during the commercials. Sign up at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free.